Welcome to the Truth 316 Podcast, the place that we honor that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Our prayer is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. back to the podcast. Today we continue our look at the uncompromising Word of God. Thank you for joining me today. This is Thad with True 316 and we are going into our second study of God's uncompromising Word. So we talked last time about opinion versus truth. And the question I guess I would like to start with is why do we take such a hard line on biblical truth? Well, if we defend the claims of moral truth, then we also have the right to defend its spiritual truths. They can't be separated. So how could we be consistent in declaring the traits of God's love if we, for example, didn't also defend his justice? Um, many will say well, God is love. You know, he's full of peace. He loves everybody. But then on their second breath, they would um, deny his right to justice, to punish people. Uh, that's just not in their um, particular worldview. So, but you can't be, dis- you can't be consistent in working that way. So it'd be kind of like defending addition, but not defending subtraction, right? You can't have one without the other in a, in a, truthful and logical world. Uh, Furthermore, what if we claim all of God's promises that fit the things that we like, but deny those that we don't? Same type of thing. Hey, I believe in heaven, but I deny hell. Uh, This just doesn't work. You have to take all of God's counsel and his truth together. So you can't accept one and deny the other. Otherwise, the entire scripture becomes suspect. That means that you can't trust any of it. And so we have to have a starting point. We believe it's God. We believe it's his word. And we stay with that. And if we follow that, we'll find consistency. And we also find that uh, we don't have to sway back and forth as the world comes against us. Uh, Here's one for you. So we all will often hear, God so loved the world. All right, go ahead and finish it on your own, right? Okay, so now what about those who don't believe, right? Do they also have everlasting life? This is the Father's world. He created it. He fashioned it. He's the one that gets to determine the rules. So when we disagree with God's rules, what are we really saying? Well, we're saying that we know more than God, that we ourselves should be God. This is what it's like in our natural man. This is the natural fallen state of ourselves. We are uh, enemies of God. This is what the scripture tells us. And, you know, before I go into that, let's go ahead and take a look at this state before God intervenes in us. It says that um, a couple of things. One, that mankind has fallen in sin. Uh, the Bible says that sin um, works death in us. It's a, the sin in our lives causes death. We have spiritual death. And that all began, uh, began with Adam, right? When they disobeyed God in the garden, Uh, So we have inherited sin from Adam, the scriptures say. Well, even if we don't like that concept, we still have 
our own sin to deal with, right? We have continued death in our own sins. So let's see what the Bible says about this fallen condition that we live in. In 1 Corinthians, it says that the natural, um, this would be in verse uh, chapter 2, verse 14. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So what is it? What do we say in our lives? What do we hear on the radio? Hey, we hear just do it. We hear, hey, live your best life now. And we also hear, hey, follow your heart. Do what feels good to you. Well, what does God's word say? Well, rather than just do it, it says, whatever is pleasing to the Lord, that do, right? And how about live your your best life now? What's the contrary to that? Well, God's word says, in this world, you will have tribulation. That's a huge contrast, right? Um, And then what's the opposite of follow your heart? The Bible says, how about take up your cross and follow me? Wow, that's a lot different than following our own hearts, right? This is following God's heart. So, so the natural person does not accept this. In fact, um, we cannot in our natural state. Why not? Because we have these spiritually depraved souls, right? That means our souls have not been converted in the spiritual rebirth that we talk about when we say to be born again. So we're not able to understand the spiritual things. Let's take a look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And it says, you, that's you and me, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. So at one time... Or if you're not saved, if you're in an unrighteous state, then you're alienated from God. You have a hostile mind and you do evil things, right? So this is the natural man. The natural man is alienated from the spirit of God. Um, It is not that just that the same person doesn't understand their guilt. It's just that they suppress this truth. Let's go on and see how they do that. In Romans uh, chapter 1, it says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. How? In the things that have been made. So, They are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Wow, that's a lot of information there. God's judgment is revealed to them, but what? They suppress the truth. What does that mean? Well, they they literally hold back. They hold down God's truth. They suppress it. Do they acknowledge that, they, that they're doing this? No, but it's still plain to them. They just, they, they won't acknowledge it, right? So is their denial of such a thing a good excuse for them? No, it says here that they are left without excuse. Yeah, so it says claiming to be wise, they became fools. So what what is this wisdom? What is true wisdom here? Let's take a look now at our renewed state in Christ. It says um, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, that we were dead in trespasses and sins. So this is everyone in our natural state, right? But for those who believe because of grace, we have a new reality. Uh, so further on in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, it says, But God... 
being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made alive together with Christ by grace we have been saved. This is everyone, right? So what changes in some people? So it says, here's the, here's the best two words in, in the Bible we, or we could claim to be. It's but God. We're sinful, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us. So we were dead in our trespasses and sin, and he made us alive together with Christ. This is while we were yet sinners, it says. So this is the good news. Um, so let's take a look at the difference uh, in an unrighteous person and somebody who's walking in the renewed state. So uh, the unrighteous, they walk in the counsel of the wicked. They stand in the path or in the way of sinners. They sit in the seat of scoffers, right? But look at what Psalm 1 says in verses 1 and 2. It says that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but what? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So we have the description of natural man, and then we see the man who is graced by God, who is now spiritually discerning. So what, what's the law? How can we um, meditate on God's law? What does that even mean? Well, God's law is wisdom. Right. And so we're not talking necessarily just about the Ten Commandments, although we are, it's included, but it's his entire counsel. So now are going to look at our renewed state. Let's look at our renewed state in Christ. It says uh, this is from the Old Testament in, in Psalm uh, uh, one. Still, uh, the continued verses from Psalm one, it says that this man is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I want to go back just for a second. It says, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. That does not say that the wicked will not stand in judgment. It just means they won't stand in the judgment. They are not judging anybody, but they will be judged. Okay, so this is biblical truth. It's God's word. There are only two types of people. There's righteous and unrighteous. That is saved and unsaved. That's spiritually alive, those who love God, and the spiritually dead who hate God. The unrighteous are wicked. They will perish. This is what it says. Unrighteous people will perish. And But the righteous people, they live off, this is, they live off the sustenance of God. They yield his fruit, okay? Um, these are the people that prosper, those who believe God, that have the spirit of the Lord in their hearts. Um, so what about what does it say about those of us who have um, the spirit of God, who have the sustenance of his word? It says that we have eternal life. Uh, so how do we know this? Well, because the Bible declares it so. So how do we know the Bible's true? Because God declares it to be his word. Well, wait a minute. Isn't this just circular reasoning? Yeah, I guess it is. Um, but it's not viciously circular, right? It can be substantiated in its claims. It proves itself out, right? So you can say um, that Bible is the word of God and that God's word is contained in the Bible. He's the one that declares it so. 
Why? Because it states that he says so in the Bible. Yeah, that's kind of circular, right? But if we can justify it by having this word prove itself out, then it still stands, right? That's what I mean by it's not viciously circular. So who, who can believe all this? Who is the person that believes God's word is, is truth, right? And his spiritual condition is fallen and that it's only through Christ that we are saved. Well, this is everyone whose heart is changed by the spirit, right? This is according to the decree of God. So all true believers, what? Uh, we have a new heart. We trust the gospel. We have a renewed spirit that's drawn in to uh, grow in the knowledge and wisdom. Well, what is what is in knowledge? Knowledge is our facts. Yeah, sure, just facts. But uh, true knowledge is knowledge that's put in to truth as practice. That's what wisdom really is, is meaning here. Our pastor just talked about this uh, last weekend. So wisdom is skilled truth, right? Uh, if you're skilled in something, you have to put it into practice. So we grow in that knowledge. Um, this is the transforming of our mind that we receive by the word of God. And then God's word does not compromise God's character, right? There's, there's no back and forth with one saying one thing and God doing another. So there's no compromise. And then finally, um, this is the stuff that we need to be thankful for, right? This defines God's unchanging promises. His, if God is saying that he's true, his Bible declares it so, and throughout history it proves itself out, then this is what defines unchanging promises. God cannot lie. He must sustain uh, according to his decree, and this is what's good for us. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Let me pray for us here. Uh, Father God in heaven, we uh, thank you for who you are. We thank you for your truths. Your truths are like honey to our lips. We are your children, and these truths come to us. So I pray for everyone listening who has um, some type of resentment to any part of this message, either all of it or a part of it, um, that these would see their need for a changed heart. And Lord, in areas of, of my life or uh, in certain aspects of your word that I have resistance to, I need your grace to open my eyes to see these truths so that I might be more in line with you. We need your mercy and your power to make this change. So do your perfect work, God. Decree what you will and then bring to pass that which you decree. We give you thanks uh, for hearing our prayer and it's all because the name of Jesus that we come before you. Amen. Thank you for joining me today as we took our second look at the uncompromising Word of God. We look forward to seeing you next time here on the Truth 316 Podcast. Have a good day.